We're in the beautiful tropical island of Oahu here in Hawaii at the Four Seasons Resort at Oahu at Koalina. And I have to tell you, it's the most beautiful place I think I've ever been here on the island. But more importantly, I'm here to talk to one of my friends who's one of the most beautiful people I know, and that's Tiffany Haddish. Recently, we had Rashid, AKA Common here, to talk about the relationship and the breakdown uh, that they went through that was uh, public. But it may have caught her by surprise because in our private conversation, she didn't even know that it was uh, gonna be communicated. So I wanna know what she thinks about that interview, but more importantly, I wanna talk to her about her career, her love life and family. And you're gonna see her in a way that you've never seen her before. Yeah, and we're here in paradise with Tiffany Haddish. Tiffany, um, this is kind of weird interviewing because at this point, we talk every day, like multiple times a day. I know. <laughs> so this is weird because talking to a friend is different than talking to somebody that I don't know or don't care about. And I love you a lot. I love you too. I know you mean that. I honestly, you know, I know, no, you, I know, know. you know, you know, I know, you know how I feel. So, you can feel my, the energies. No, absolutely. I was on Clubhouse and people were like, uh, now that I've returned to Clubhouse, they're like, oh, you met Tiffany Hash on Clubhouse? I'm like, no, I met her at Jeremy Scott's party after I manifested the relationship. But little did I know at the time, I, I was in a place where I was looking for love. And you really taught me, I always credit you this, that you really were the beginning of me starting to love myself. And I think a lot of people, especially in COVID, have fallen out of love with themselves. But why is it important for you, for people like me and just everybody around you, for them to know that you love them and it's okay to love themselves? Well, I feel like it's super important for people to know that I love them, the ones that I really love, because I don't know how much longer we have on this planet. And I'd rather give you your flowers and give you all the positivity and love that I want to receive. I want to give that to people that I think deserve it that and that inspire me and make me feel loved. But why though? Because I, I really feel like with you, it's so organic. You know, if you watch the uh, Bar Mitzvah and you watch all the videos and you talk about being an energy producer, you don't walk in a room without lighting it up. But why, but why though? Because sometimes I get frustrated. Like, why is she always happy? Why does she always have a good word? First of all, I ain't always happy and you fucking know that. <laughs> <laughs> you know that for a fact. But you're uh, never but, a Debbie Downer. You're never negative. Well, no, because I try to look at the positive. We don't know how, like, honestly, I don't know how long I have on this planet. And I would like to leave my thumbprint as a positive thumbprint. I want people, when they think about me, they go, man, I wonder what Tiffany, like, just put a smile on their face, mm -hmm. right? I don't want anybody to think about me and be like, oh, man, fuck her. But like feeling all down and, and, and negative, that's just a horrible feeling. Mm -hmm. I try my best to stay away from those feelings. If people make me feel that way, I stay away from those people. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, or I try to help them raise their vibration. But I don't. I honestly don't think God put us on this planet to be mean to each other, to bring negativity into a space. I think God put us on this planet to make it better. Now, granted, there are some people that that's all they do. And maybe they need to be doing that so that you can realize what is good, mm -hmm. right? What is positive? What feels right? Um, I think everyone has their purpose. And I know my purpose on this planet is to bring joy. Mm -hmm. And that's what I want to do. And and I, there's no reason why I want to do it. It just feels right. Mm -hmm. Just like taking a good shit. It feels <laughs> great. But do you feel like that's why you're blessed so much? Like all the opportunities that are coming, all the diverse groups of people you're either becoming a part of their circle in their lives, shows, uh, TV opportunities, movies. Do you feel it's, it's just the universe returning that energy? I feel like I'm blessed because I am obedient to God. And I also feel like I'm blessed because I care about others and I'll do for others that deserve my time. Mm -hmm. And I think what goes around comes around. I give and I receive, right? I'm built to receive. I'm a woman. I'm mm -hmm. supposed to receive, but I also give, right? So I think that's why I'm so blessed. And I'm, and I have an attitude of gratitude. I'm very grateful 
for all things that I receive, even if it's sometimes it's bad stuff. Sometimes bad shit come through and I would feel bad about it for like a day. You know, I would complain for like 15 minutes, like 15, minutes. 20 minutes. Yeah. And then I start cracking jokes about it. Make, mm -hmm. Find the fun in it. Right. But is that working through it? Or are you pushing it down? Like, is it still I'm working through it? Mm -hmm. I'm working through it. There's no more. The pushing it down phase was in my 20s and early 30s. No more of that because that shit bubbles back up. That's mm -hmm. like starting a volcano, mm -hmm. you know, um, I and and I will explode Lord knows where and how because it's happened to mm -hmm. me several times. I think that's how you cause a, a nervous breakdown. Mm -hmm. I think that's how you get arrested fighting the police. I think that's how you do like a bunch of things that have happened. I think that's how you get into it, by pushing those feelings. I say fuck pushing them, feel them, mm -hmm. go through them, complain, whine, whatever, and then move forward. Mm -hmm. Because feelings are temporary. You know, it's crazy. We were on the plane coming back from Columbia and I was asking you, or maybe we were there, and I was asking you about, you know, different experiences through your career that I've watched. Um, meeting Meryl Streep, the excitement. Um, you know, uh, hosting Saturday Night Live, the excitement. And just the relationship with Billy Crystal. When I look at all the time, uh, meeting Oprah and Ellen, do you still get excited? Like, are you still enjoying this process because you are so busy, your calendar's ridiculous, and the demand is so high? Do you still have fun with it? Yeah, I definitely have fun. And I definitely get excited. Not as excited as I used to get mm -hmm. um, because I have to be mindful of where I give my energy and how much energy I give. But yeah, I still get excited. I'm working on a movie right now, Haunted Mansion. Like, it's a Disney movie. I've always wanted to do a Disney Which movie. Which is the henna, so that way That's people... why I got the henna. Yeah. That's why the henna's there, because of the Disney movie. And I've always wanted to do that. And I'm doing something I've always wanted to do. And I'm excited to go to work every day. Do I like getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning and sitting in three hours of hair and makeup? Hell no! <laughs> but when I get to do this character, when I get to play Harriet, there's excitement in that. And I'm working with Owen Wilson, Rosario Dawson. Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito. Who you falling in love with? I, think, I, I don't know. I feel like <laughs> mm, there might be something there. I don't know. With Danny DeVito. I mean, I don't know if he's becoming my daddy or is he becoming my daddy. <laughs> but now when you look at it like Disney, like all the affiliations, Nicolas Cage, the film you're doing with him, Little Rail, I mean, just all the different people you work with, are you, so you're still excited, it's still fresh? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when I did the movie with Nicolas Cage, the first time seeing him, he's like, Nicolas Cage. And I'm like, uh, 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 I remember uh, you told me the first day you had to go back and reset because you, you were so fucked up in the words because you were still caught up in the experience. Yeah, I was caught up in the experience and I was caught up in his eyes because those eyes reminded me of another time in my life, you know, my very first orgasm, which is weird that. as hell. Mm -hmm. But that's that's what was kept coming up for me and I needed to tell him. And once I told him the story, then it was like, boom, I could, I can work now. Mm. And and it was, and then we were having conversations all the time. And I'm just like sitting back, like, dang, I'm having regular conversations with Nicholas Cage. Like, this is but so at cool. what point do you stop getting surprised? Okay, Oprah knows you. Beyonce is your friend. Um, Beyonce, you, mama, my friend, and Beyonce's like she. You be asked cool. Beyonce's mama for an outfit. Beyonce sent you her clothes. At she this did. Point. She did. But I'm just saying, like. And Will and Jay, like you're in, you're A-list, like you're there. Do you feel like there's still a lot more to do? There's still... I feel like there's tons more to do because it's not just about being like in the, you know, echelons of entertainers or whatever. It's more about, for me, it's more about my community. I get super excited, like 
you know, I'm working on the grocery store. Mm -hmm. And every step we get closer and closer, I'm really excited about that. I can visualize and see the day that this place opens. And a year after that, I can see so many people in my community healing mm -hmm. and healing each other, right? Um, and I think there's power in the food, man. And I think it's super important. Also, you know, I have my own technology company that um, that I've, you know, acquired. And we are doing really awesome things in Africa, in the motherland. And I'm really excited about that. Like, I get excited about other things now, about opportunities for others. I get super excited about No, but, okay, so have you talked about the name of the, the grocery store yet? Uh, well, we ain't gonna I, say. I guess I have, I have. Have I you? Have, okay, Diaspora Groceries. Let mm -hmm. me just say that. You know, a lot of people have found investing in black, being black, buying black popular, but you've always been there supporting black brands like Hollywood Unlocked. I went with you to the movie premiere where you walked straight to the black press first. This was before it became a conversation. And then with the grocery store, infusing technology and healthy food in a community that doesn't necessarily have access to that. Why is it important to always invest and buy and, and be excellent in black? Because I want to create generational wealth for us. You know, every other culture has generational wealth, but we don't really have it. We have rich people, but do we have generational wealth where their children and their children's children and those children and the children after that will still be able to eat? There are people right now that are surviving off, that they're living right now off of what happened 150 years ago, right? Because their great, great, great grandparents set them up to have generational wealth. Mm -hmm. Well, I want to be able to do the same thing. And I want to be able to inspire others to do the same thing so that we don't never have to have a government handout. We don't never have to depend on no system of things. All we have to depend on is ourselves and each other, our family. Mm -hmm. and, and building bridges is another thing you do. Recently, we had Kevin Hart here. That was a bridge you built. He gave you credit in the show. Um, it was funny sitting full circle with somebody who I've judged and then who, who hasn't really been mean to me. He actually like had a conversation that you put us on the phone. It was funny when I uh, said what I said about him and then called you, I was like, oh my God, Tiffany's not gonna wanna be my friend because you and Kevin are like brother, sister. And instead of shaming me or scolding me or taking his side, you like put us on a three-way and we worked through it. Again, why is it important to always be a bridge builder? Because you seem to do that all the time. Because I feel like people, when they don't know each other, know each other, they have their point of views. We all have our opinions, right? Mm -hmm. And, and with that situation with you and Kevin, it was really important to me for you two to meet because I know that I love you, I love Kevin, and I love both of you guys because you both have a lot of similarities and you both have this thing about you guys that if you guys knew each other, this would not be an issue. This would not be going on. Mm -hmm. um, there's some people I won't build no bridges for. <laughs> there's some people I'm like, well, bitch, that's what it is. That's, that's on you, you know, <laughs> that's on you. But when I know better, I do better, mm -hmm. you know, and I don't shit on people like mm -hmm. that's not really my thing. Now, I, I will occasionally take a little dump. But, but you really are what you see is what you get. Yeah. Like there's no like here's my experience with you and then behind closed doors it's different. Mm -mm. No, I'm always the same. But how do we create more of that in an industry where there's so much cancellation? Like uh, Dave Chappelle is a friend of yours. Uh, I, I told the story on something that Rihanna texted and said, what do you think about that Dave Chappelle special? I want to know what you think. And when I watched it, I, I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was I thought it was smart, funny comedy. It was raw. It was what comedy used to be. It was what it was escapism that we need nowadays, especially in the midst of COVID. Why do you think? What did you think about it? Well, first of all, I thought that uh, special was amazing. It was absolutely excellent. And it was classic comedy at its finest. Mm -hmm. And it was social commentary at its finest. And there was a lot of truth in it. I think that, you know, people from the 1900s was like, yes, okay, I get what, yeah, what is up with that? What what can we do about that, mm -hmm. right? 
And I mean, what he was saying, though, he was making it funny. But what he was sliding in there for me anyways, was so poignant. Like in a in a country where it is still legal to lynch. Well, it's not legal, but it's still happening. It's happening. Yeah, it's still happening. And there's no laws against it. Mm -hmm. Right. But if uh, you know, it's like, oh, when all these white men start doing this thing, then it's now we got we have laws against it and all this. We got to protect ourselves. Mm -hmm. And it's like, wait a minute, protect the black people too. Mm -hmm. protect all people. And that's what I thought his special was saying. That's I exactly thought that's what all his messages have said, right? Protect all people, mm -hmm. especially us. Mm -hmm. But do you think to society today could live in a world of Paul Mooney's and Eddie Murphy Raw's and uh, Richard Pryor's? I think so, but I think it's a lot of, uh, you know, uh, very um, sensitive people that want attention. And now that we have these cell phones that give you a platform, right? You have a stage in your hand. Mm -hmm. Like you could turn on At the any live moment. in any moment, you're on stage, mm -hmm. right? And so a lot of people are getting a little thirsty, uh, not thirsty, but drunk mm -hmm. with that kind of power. And they're creating uh, havoc when it, it's not necessary. So with what Dave went through, him being nominated, I think, for a Grammy and an Emmy, right? Mm -hmm. Does that validate that escapism and that comedy, raw comedy, is still here to stay? And yeah, it's, it's art. It's art. Mm -hmm. It's straight up art. If you're offended by it, stop looking. Mm -hmm. If you don't like what he has to say, turn it off. Mm -hmm. But that is art. Mm -hmm. And art is like, what does it say, beauty in the eye of the beholder? Mm -hmm. And if a majority of the people like it, then take your ass somewhere else. Don't watch it. I wonder why people, because I'm in the LGBT community, I'm like, yo, am I going to be exiled? Because I actually called some friends to say, he actually told a story about a relationship he built with a trans woman, a real organic, real relationship that he cared about and, and cared about him so deeply. Um, and then she eventually killed herself. Why did people miss that? Because they care about themselves. They, they picked up on what they can get on that stage and talk shit about mm -hmm. instead of talking about the whole thing. If anything, they were like the best PR because mm -hmm. that made everybody want to go, go watch. I watched it four or five times. If nobody would have been griping and throwing temper tantrums about it, most of the people probably wouldn't have saw it. Half the people that saw it wouldn't have seen it. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I asked you is because you're friends with Flame Monroe. You know, we have our own history. Flame, I don't hate you anymore. I, I gave that to God. <laughs> I actually called Flame. But no, you know, you've put different types of people on. La uh, Latina, trans, black, older, younger. Um, and is is that because the world is big enough for all of us, right? It really is. There's, there's space for everybody. And I mean, there's... <laughs> Okay, maybe 40 years ago, there was only like, what, six TV stations, 11 TV stations. And now there's thousands. There's thousands. And you have that phone. There's, you have a platform. Everyone has one. Mm -hmm. Now, you on your soapbox, what you about to tell everybody? And I am a firm believer in supporting true talent, supporting people that actually put in the work, and making them grow, see them grow, and get them out there. So that's why. Mm -hmm. I do that. So uh, I told you you should take over the Ellen show. You've already hosted several times. You're not ready to be tied down to a daytime talk show every day, right? Right. Why? Because I got projects I want to finish. But you can still do them after hours. You're up. You work 24-7 anyway. I also want to have a personal life. Come no, on, Jason. No, get to that later. Jason, I want to be able to go out with you. you know, well, I want to be able to oh, oh, travel oh, the world with my friends. That's true. But you, you're like, okay. Right now with what I'm watching with the Wendy Williams show, there's no black woman, no black person on daytime TV who can capture all audiences and be brand safe, but still edgy and funny and entertaining. 
But that person exists. <laughs> but it ain't you. <laughs> Not right now, but maybe in two years. Mm. Do you have fun doing it? Yeah, it's a blast. And I'm lear- and I learned so much doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember when I the first time I did it, I was like, oh, this is going to be horrible because I'm not good with teleprompter. I'm not good. But I'm actually good with all these things. You know, it gave but me I a did sense tell of you, But I did tell you, okay, Twitch, I, I feel sorry for you because the way she made you sweat when you came out dancing and you were going and I don't think you were letting him catch his <laughs> breath. I was like, let this man catch his breath. But he did his best holding up with you. But right. yeah, it looked fun. It is very fun. It's very fun. And I enjoy working with those producers. I hope I get to work with them more and more on other things. But there's stuff that I want to accomplish. Like, I want to finish the Flojo situation. I want to finish my a movie. I'm doing a movie called Homecoming Queen that is about going back to Africa and my experience with my father. I want to finish. There's another movie called Mystery Girl that I want to finish. Mm-hmm. There's there, there's like six movies that mm-hmm. I want to complete first. And they're not happening in America. Mm-hmm. Most of them aren't happening here. I got to go other places. So. So, so, when, so let me talk about Ellen really quick. When she went through a rough year and you stepped in to support her show or support her as a friend, but also keep her thing going and, do, and being there. Like, naturally, it's just who you are. Did you understand all of the news about her, all the press? No, I didn't understand it. I didn't understand why people were so mad at her. Um, because my experience with her is different than maybe with the average person or the other, the people that are upset with her's experience. But then as I'm there, the more that I was there on set, I could see how somebody could be like me because it's it is a big toll on you. Mm-hmm. It is a lot of responsibility. It is very Do you feel heavy. pressure. It's a lot of pressure and it's heavy to carry. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to be strong. And some days she's a human. Some days you're feeling weak. Some days you need a little extra support. Mm-hmm. And on, on those days, sometimes people aren't there to support you. Mm-hmm. The people that really care about you aren't present Mm -hmm. and you lash out. I have done it. I have done it on set. Extremely tired. Uh, The person's brushing my hair, scratching up my scalp, scratching my (laughs) ears, scratching my neck, all this stuff. And that shit hurts. And I'm tired. I'm raw. Like, man, what are you doing? Like, you know, they're like, oh, she's she got an attitude today. And it's not. And then I turn around and apologize. But at the same time, I'm like, yo, be gentle with me today. Mm -hmm. Be gentle with me. And it's not like I can wear a shirt that says be gentle. And it's not she can wear a thing that's like, today's not my best day. And there are days that you don't want to talk to nobody. If you come in and say, don't talk to me, now you're a diva. Yeah, now you're a diva. And now you're difficult to Mm -hmm. do. You're hard to work with. Speaking of going on sets, I remember one time we were on the phone and you were holding up production because the production didn't look like, there wasn't a reflection of you there. When did you feel like you had enough footing in the game to start having the courage to speak out about diversity on set? I mean, I've been talking about it since day one. Even when I was an extra, I would talk about it. I in would a talk joking about way? It. Yeah, in a joking way, mm-hmm. but I didn't have any power, right? Um, and all through these years, I, I would talk about it. You know, if I didn't see enough, I would talk about it, but it, I didn't know I could do something about it till I worked with Selma Hayek. And I saw how Selma Hayek got down. And she was like, oh, honey, you're number one, number two, because she... You can do something about that. You can do something. Just don't come out of your trailer. She said that? Don't come out of the trailer. She did it. <laughs> and I was like, yo. Wait, she, she... Wow, <laughs> that everybody's moving for her. Wow. Wait, she refused to come out? Yeah, she refused to come out of the trailer for something. And then they did. They got it together for her. And she came out. And it, it wasn't a long time that she refused to come out of the trailer. It but was, it was enough to get their attention. To make a move. 
because she had just seen me throw a full temper tantrum because the director wanted me to do something. I was like, black women don't do that. I'm not doing that. I'm not saying that. I'm not treating this person like that. If she's my friend in this movie, this is how I'm going to talk to her. You, and then he was like, no, you need to do this. You need to. And I was like, do you get on stage and tell jokes? Have you been in a black woman's body? Have you ever even slept with a black woman? Have you lived as a black woman? You got me fucked up, sir. Did you say that? Yes. I said, you got me fucked up, sir. I'm not doing this. This was on Like a Boss? And I walked away. And then Selma came over and goes, honey, honey, that's not how you do it. <laughs> <laughs> was she wearing down. Gucci? <laughs> yes. Yes, she was. And she broke it down to me how to do it. So then I came back and I just did what I wanted to do. I didn't do what he wanted me to do. I walked away for like five minutes, came back, apologized, and just told him, look, I, I'm not feeling that. I'm going to play it the way I want to play it. And if you don't like it, you can edit it or whatever, but that's how I'm going to play it. Because I'm a comedian. Mm. And but, that scene was amazing. And that was that. Well, first of all, that movie was amazing. I loved it. I loved you and her and Rosebird's energy, that whole. It was funny um, because you were that annoying friend that I think I would be. But you were also that hungry businesswoman who wanted to win. And your friends was just fucking stuff up and someone was a mess. All right. So we were talking about like that example, I think, is what we were talking about last night with the new film with Nicolas Cage, how involved you are. You don't just shoot and walk away. The project's done. You're actually intricately interested in all the details. Why is that? Because I'm in it. My name is on it. <laughs> That's why my name is on it. I, there are projects that I've been a part of that I didn't get to produce on. I didn't get to have any say so in. Like the Nicolas Cage project. I didn't get to produce on that, but I did contribute a lot. I did speak on things a lot. Um, did they take all my advice? No. Did they, did they value my opinion? Yes. And that's what matters, right? And, and, and at the end of the day, this is an art. And there's, there are people that are above the actor, the directors, the producers, and all that. And it's, it's about having rational conversations, right? And treating people with respect and dignity. Um, but I am so concerned. I have my fingerprint on a lot of stuff because my name is on it. Mm -hmm. And what I've realized is people want to put me in something for five seconds and make it seem like it's my movie. And it's not my movie. Mm -hmm. So if I'm going to be a part of it, I have to be represented appropriately, mm -hmm. period. See, and that's what I love. Like here today is, well, before we get to here today, true story. Have you seen it? Yes. It's so good. Okay. I ain't gonna lie. Interviewing Kevin, he was like, yeah, go watch true story. I was like, man, nigga, this ain't no good. I gotta say it ain't no good. I was so, I, I watched it all on Thanksgiving. He stepped outside of his comedic zone to really kill it. And it was so good. Um, did you like it? Love I loved it? it. I loved it. I called him. I, I called him. He didn't answer. But then I sent him a video like, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. It's so good. But just like you too, like you stepping out of comedy with here today, although you were funny in it, you weren't being the Tiffany, like Tiffany Haddish from Girls Trip. It was mm -hmm. show diversity. It was such a good movie. How was it shooting with Billy Crystal? Who's an icon, by the way? First of all, I felt like I was in a master class shooting with Billy Crystal. I was producing on that as well. And to be able and to- you produce like a boss. Yeah, I produced it like mm -hmm. a boss too. Um, but to be able to talk with Billy about my perspective of the character and then to hear his perspective, and then he's telling me why he wrote it the way he wrote it, how he wanted it to be. And then like we're rehearsing, we're going through it, and it's it felt like I was learning from Yoda. You know what I'm saying? Like, I am getting all the Jedi tricks, all the things, like, and he pulled things out of me that I just never even been comfortable doing in front of people. He got me to do those things, and I'm just, just 
full felt full. He became my uncle. He did. And he's I, like, I met him at your birthday party. He was yeah. so nice. Yeah, and he my, was he, he was surprised that we wanted to take a picture with him. I'm like, are you crazy? Right. I'm like, Billy, you are the business. You're the goat. Like, everybody knows who you are. Nobody knows who I am. That you're gonna be introducing me to a lot of new types <laughs> of people. Like you're opening up doors for me. And I'm like, you're opening up doors for me. Mm-hmm. Doors that will never close. And I'm so grateful for that. So when you're when you're filming and producing a Billy Crystal, like is it in are you still are you able to really um just come to terms with the fact that you made it? Do you consider yourself having made it? Now I do. Yeah, I made it. Mm-hmm. I made it. A year ago, I didn't think so. A year ago, I'm like, I still got it. I'm still chugging away. But what I had to sit back and realize is every time I say yes to a project, every time I have a vision, an idea, and I execute it and it happens. That's creating jobs for hundreds of people. That's creating a livelihood for hundreds of people. To me, that's making it. All right. So we recently went to Columbia for your 42nd birthday. Mm-hmm. So you're you're a lot younger than me. I'm 44, turning 45. What what does turning 42 feel like? It feel like 41. <laughs> it don't feel you, no different. And you know, I mean, I don't want to say you don't look 42 because what is looking 42 like you like you? And and by the way, I have to say the short hair. When you first cut your hair, I was like. You know, I don't know what's going on, but I really can't even see you with hair no more. I saw you in here today. I didn't really remember her because I just remember. Now it's this. Like, are you in love with the short hair? I love the short hair because it's way less stress and it saves me so much time. Mm -hmm. Also, I see me. I see my face. There's no like hair sticking this way, that way. Now, I might grow it back just to have some fun and play with it, but I'll probably shave it all off again. It feels so good. Yeah, and it just lets your face just stand out. Right. Yeah. And you see what God made. Yeah. God did a good job. He did a great job. God did an excellent job. And you took that face over to Columbia for your birthday. And um, by the way, she rented a private jet. It was a beautiful, beautiful jet. We got we had plans to do TikTok videos. We I've got never on. spent that much money on me. Ever? Ever. Because you're, you're like me. You're very frugal. Very frugal. And I, was I was surprised like, you, you, you blew a bag for that. I did. Why? I blew a, I blew a big ass bag for why why did you why did because you because I wanted to do something I've never done before every birthday I feel like every birthday you should do something you've never done before because on your first birthday the very when you first got here you did something you never done before breathe air mm-hmm. be held by a person you know it, it cry all these things you've never done before and so every birthday I want to do something I've never experienced and I've never spent that kind of money. And um, not on something, not that wasn't land, like I'm by land, and yeah, but on a jet, never, <laughs> never. And that felt good. Yeah. And then I've never jumped off of a yacht. I've never laid out with my titties out. You did you all know, that. I did all of that and it felt amazing. Also, I felt like I had superpowers because I was manifesting all kind of shit. Remember we was on the boat, I was like, dang, I wish we had some coconuts. And then, then the guy <laughs> floated up in a canoe with coconuts. With coconuts. Then we were hungry and somebody, he rolled up with uh, shrimp and, and, and mussels. Yeah. Then I was like, dang, I wish we could get some fried fish. I really want some fried fish. And then we stop on that island and then they had fried fish. Right. I was like, I got superpowers. Then I was like, dang, I miss Rashid. I sure wish I could see Rashid. I wish I could dance with Rashid. And then you grab my arm in that club. Wait, no, hold on, hold on. So, so eight of us go to Columbia. We're having a great trip. <laughs> 
Um, and Rashid's name comes up, a common for those of you that don't know. And this guy literally walks by who looks just like him. And I'm like, like the raggedy version. I love it. Like the third cousin. And I'm I like, love it. I'm like, yo, I have to go get Tiffany. Tiffany's in the corner with the hookah. I bring her over. She sees the guy and then you dance. By the way, we got that on video. How crazy was that? That was wild. And I just felt like, man, I have superpowers. Or like, God is listening to everything I'm saying. And like, it's your birthday. You can have whatever you want. Like, it felt so good. And then that was crazy. We went back to the club the next day. And then he showed up with a birthday cake. Oh, they had organized like, a whole birthday party. I was like, wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. This is nice. Uh, and he was a nice guy, very sweet guy. And then you went on his Instagram and realized he had posted a doppelganger photo yes. of him comment from years ago. Yes, where he like compared in 2017. Himself. That was funny. Yeah, he was like, for all the times that I heard I look like this dude. That was that was hilarious. So we're in Columbia and Cardi sees me post us on the boat and she DMs me and she says, tell uh, Tiffany to get some birthday dick. And I, and I showed you and you fell out laughing. Do, do you care about getting birthday dick? Yes. Did yes. you care that you did not get any birthday dick? Yes. Did you? Yes, I was very upset about that. <laughs> I'm very upset, but, you, I didn't wait, wish, but I didn't wish for the birthday dick, though. Okay. And, and it's been a while since I had some dick, but that's okay. That's <laughs> well, going to change, i It can't I'm be sure. that long you were just in a relationship. It, I ain't had no dick since September. Of this year? Yes, of 2021. Okay, so, so Rashid was not on the trip. Mm -hmm. uh, you were there without him, single, and you're single now. But I just interviewed him and he said the reason why, first of all, I have to tell you, as somebody who talks to you every single day, as somebody who knew that the relationship had ended, I hadn't even said anything. I read it on people. Mm-hmm. And then I texted to you and then is that when you saw it? Mm-hmm. How did no, you- No, I saw you, you texted to me, but my publicist texted me before you did and was like, uh, but they, they emailed me and said, this, that People Magazine just hit us up about this. We're not responding. And I was like, what the, who the, who the, fuck it. And you hadn't told nobody. So this is my thing. Like, how does your business about your relationship get out if only two people know that it's over? No, 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 no. More than two people in my camp knew that it was over. Okay. And I'm sure a bunch of people in his camp knew because I sure was calling them like, can y'all get my stuff out of his house? Can you send it to my house? Please, thank you. Appreciate it. So were you, so how do you feel about it being over? I'm fine with it. It's going to be new opportunities. I miss them. I miss them from time to time. But that's what any, I think with any relationship, an intimate relationship that you might have, you miss them. But I'm fine with it. Hmm. It's cool. But he said in the interview that the reason why it was ending was because of busy schedules, which I didn't really, I mean, you know, I love Rashid and I know you love Rashid too. And I would never, I didn't want to be rude in the interview, but come on now. That didn't sound, that doesn't make sense because you're both, you're both famous. You're both busy. You both have schedules. Right. What did you think about that? <sighs> the same thing everybody else was thinking in them comments. Well, people were saying he's the common denominator because they talked about his past relationships with other famous women. I asked him in the interview, um, does he have a thing for famous women? He says, no, he just loves powerful women. He might be the type of person that never 
like really settles with somebody. Maybe he's like a, you know, he's like a bee going from flower to flower to flower. I don't know. I wish him nothing but joy and happiness. You know, he will always be cool. Okay, that's the PC answer. But do do you were you angry when you saw his answer? I was disappointed. Mm-hmm. I was very disappointed. I was like, oh, okay, because that's not what you told me. But okay. Wait, well, what did he tell you? Damn, you know what? That's between us. And do you feel like at this point you're done? With, like famous guys, would you date another famous man? I will fuck one. <laughs> the baseball player. Ooh. No, what, uh, what's his name? Giancarlo. He stepped to number twenty-seven. Listen, the way he stepped to you at your bar, the way he walked up. He, he's a he's a big man. Mm-hmm. Something to climb on. <laughs> Have you been in touch with him? When we was in in Panama, he sent me a happy birthday. Mm-hmm. Mm. Colombia. Oh, Colombia in Colombia. Dang, I was, did, I did go to just Panama. In Panama. Yeah, my bad. You know, South America. That's that's where all the black people at. And apparently, you know, they in say, Panama. Yeah, they say in America there ain't no more black men, but apparently they in Panama, y'all, and in Colombia, they in South America. So you lots of black people in South America. So, do you feel like you fed the relationship enough? I gave it what I had. I feel like you're busy, but you make time. Every call I call, you answer. Every time I need you, you're there. I don't, you know. Yeah, I'm, I make time for the people I want to make time for. You you make time for what you care about, right? Mm-hmm. So, and that's all I have to say. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, um, one thing for sure, all my friends are trying to slide in your DMs. They tell me, oh, you tell Tiffany whatever. I'm like, no, I'm not Who's that. in my DMs? They, my friends are trying to slide in your DMs, but I'm, I'm preventing that. Oh, okay. Because I have to protect Stop you. Stop blocking. No, I have to protect Stop you. Stop blocking, man. Is there anybody that you have on top of mind right now that you're looking at besides Danny DeVito? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, if you and Danny DeVito hooked up, like, that would be, that would be kind of fire. <laughs> for real. <laughs> Because you both, let me tell you, you both could, it would be, the comedy at the at the dinner table would be unparalleled. I mean, we do have really fun dinners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do be laughing a lot. And we go on adventures. That's the homie. That's mm-hmm. the homie. That would be something. Uh, I, but I, I don't know. I don't know. Who do I have on the top of my list? I mean, I don't have anyone in particular. I have certain traits that I'm looking for, uh, but I'm not actively looking. Like I'm just enjoying myself right now. Mm-hmm. So the the Grammys are coming up, and I remember you had that whole moment where you were gonna host the was it the pre show, mm-hmm. and then they wanted you to do it for free, mm-hmm. which was crazy. Mm-hmm. And then you got on the phone with Harvey, who's the pre- CEO now. He ain't president anymore because he don't have time for both hats. Do you feel like they resolved it in a way that made sense? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't do it. <laughs> But that's somebody the, else did. But now you should come back and host the actual Grammys. That, now that would make sense. And be paid. That would make sense. Right? That would make sense, yes. Because you're a Grammy winner. Exactly. It would make sense. Doesn't that make sense? It makes all Harvey, sense. Harvey, Valicia, that makes sense. I nominate, I'm a part of the Recording Academy. I, I don't know if I have voting rights, but I vote for it. I think you'd be hilarious. I think so too. And I think the ratings would be out throughout the roof. Speaking of ratings throughout the roof, um, kids say the darnest thing was canceled, which I thought it was so hilarious. Why? Um, because they said it costs too much money to do during COVID. What does that mean? We're in a pl- place where we all need to laugh. It's too expensive. Do you think they were paying for the show what they should have been paying in the first place? No. Do you think they would have paid other people more money to yeah. do it? Oh, yeah. If I had a pink penis, I definitely, yeah. <laughs> if I had a pink penis. Tiffany says the darnest thing. <laughs> In a world right now where like black is popular, 
in online, but then in the boardroom, it's still different. And even on the red carpet, our experiences, I know Hallie's getting a lot of praise for showing love. Uh, Kevin is doing it. You're doing it. Um, when do you think that they'll start to level the playing field for us when it comes to paying that money? When we start controlling who's paying the money, mm -hmm. like when we can be paying the money, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, you can't, <laughs> I'm not going to say that. What? I would say something real messed up, but when when we get executives up there that decides who gets paid what, you know, that will even out the playing field. Mm -hmm. Or create our own and support our own. Exactly. Become our own executives, create our own content, our own networks, our own, it'll, it'll even out. So I want to just say, I um, we honored you at the Hollywood Unlocked Social Impact Awards. This was an award that was created out of being denied access to the VMAs when I was on VH1 and Viacom um, MTV. And then on the plane back, your, your whole conversation with me was, you're a queen, I'm a king, let's build, let's all be great. And then you said you would host our award show and produce it. I mean, I didn't even have to ask you that. First of all, thank you, but why? Because we need to support each other, <laughs> that's why. Why not? Right, but you know, Why not do it? But most people that look like us feel like the only transactional value we can give or the only value we can give to somebody that looks like us is if we can get something. And I really feel like in return, you do a lot for people. And I don't really see that there's a return other than gratitude that you feel grateful to have been having the opportunity to help people. And that's rare. I operate out of attitude of gratitude. Hmm. That's, that's me. How do we get more of us to do that? I guess people got to start practicing it. And then just seeing how good that feels. Mm -hmm. It feels really great. It's not as good as an orgasm, but it feels great. So when I first met you, your relationship with your mom was very up and down like my mother's was. And in your book, The Last, Last Black Unicorn, you talk about the relationship. And then now it's in a good place. How did it get there? Um, me having a, I, that attitude of gratitude and finding the little, like, I was so busy focused on the negative stuff that happened. But what about the good things, Tiffany? What good did she do? And, and understand that, I had to have an understanding that she has a mental illness. It's a lot of things that were out of her control that she could not do, okay? Um, that she was not operating with all the tools necessary to raise five kids. Um, and I had to find forgiveness because I started thinking like, oh, when I have kids, do I want them to be treating me the way I'm treating her? Do I want them to at least look at what's good? At least find something good. So I started focusing more on the good stuff uh, and started getting her the right foods, get her the best doctors, the best medications for her stuff. The she lost weight and got healthier too. Lost a bunch of weight. You know, everything, it was a journey and there are some really rough days, but I have my sister too. Me and my sister, we work together as a team to take care of our mom. You know, um, a lot of things I might, I just finance and she does the groundwork or I'll do some of the groundwork, you know. Um, but just seeing that transformation is so gratifying in itself. She's never gonna be the mom I had when I was seven years old. She's probably never gonna be that person. And how did again. you accept that? Cause that was the hardest part for me. When I was seven years old, literally that age, my mother did the Christmases with the Santas and the birthday parties and the birthday cakes and the toys and the dress up for Halloween and then drugs happen and then her issues with molesting, her mental health started happening. And, and then it was just chaos. 
And she used to always say to me, you know, I'm doing the best that I could. It wasn't until years later that I realized that, yo, she's telling me with her mental disabilities and with her past with drugs, this is my, this is all I can do. And I had to learn, like, I got to just accept that and meet her where she is. Where, right. When did you just accept that, that, that mom was gone? Probably, probably during, I said during my divorce, I accepted that that's, she's never going to be that person. Once I accepted that, she's never going to be that mom again. She's never going to be what my idea of what, what I want mom, my yeah. mom to be. She's never going to be that. So just enjoy what she is, mm -hmm. what she does have to offer, what is good. And then kind of don't focus so much on the bad stuff. You know, um, that takes a lot of like, it's a lot. It's, it's a, lot, a of lot, lot of trying to ignore. So she be in there talking to herself and all that. I try to find the funny in that. <laughs> she in that full argument with herself and then start busting up laughing. And I'm like, what's the funny in this? Like, oh, she don't have to have friends. All her friends are in her head. <laughs> all her friends are always with her. She's never lonely. Mm -hmm. You know, she's never lonely. That, that's one thing I could say. My mama ain't never lonely. But when I got her that dog. So let me tell you about Tiffany and this damn dog. So Tiffany, we're at brunch. Tiffany says, somebody's bringing me a dog for, but you didn't tell me it was for your mom, I don't think, at first. And then mm -hmm. I, you asked me if I wanted one. I was in the process of looking for a dog. I buy the dog. We buy the dog together at brunch. And then I find out you're giving your dog to your mom, your dog, Diamond. My dog, Chanel, is at my house now with another dog. I'm stuck with a dog now because you, but the dog brings so much joy. Right. And my mom hadn't been taking hadn't taken care of anything since we was kids, since we got removed from her, right? And my sister said, Tip, okay, because and I got the dog from my mom because I was out of town and my sister was watching my dogs. And she goes, Tiffany, I've never seen mama's not talking to herself. She's like having fun with the animals. She loves your cat. She loves the dogs. Like she's like walking them and cleaning them and taking care of them. And she, she's like, I never seen her smile this much in my entire life. She's smiling all the time. She's like, nice. She's not being mean. And I was like, what? What? So then I was like, I need my animals back. You can't have my animals, but I'll get you an animal. So I got her the dog. Pretty dog, by the way. Beautiful dog. When I tell you, she was lit up. I hadn't seen her like that since I was seven. Mm -hmm. So there was a glimpse of the mom that I used to have. She's like, oh, this is for me. Oh, she was just so happy hugging me. She be sleeping in the bed with the dog. She be trying to about she need outfits for the dog. She want to watch. She washing the dog every other day. She walking the dog. She's so happy with this dog. And I'm like, okay. And she keep on asking when, when some of us are going to have some kids. Now, my sister had a daughter. My youngest sister had a baby girl. Uh, but my sister's like, mama can't keep my baby girl. <laughs> She's not going to be watching my baby. But when, when my niece is around my mom, my mom is on. So I think she's always just, she needs something to take care of. Mm -hmm. And I feel like maybe we, if we put her in environments where she has to take care of, and she'll come back in glimpses. Mm -hmm. So I know we're here in paradise, um, but you're also dealing with a real family issue with your grandmother who's sick. And we were gonna do this interview yesterday, but you were really emotional and somehow you pulled it together today. And you know, you're really a testament of life is just gonna throw stuff at you. Um, and you're going to keep on rolling with it. Um, how do you process all of that? Well, um, now my grandma, that's my heart. That's my, she my everything. And 
um, when I got that call yesterday, it was really, it was very um, difficult for me. And it's something that I've been going through for, I mean, since my success, since the takeoff, right? Um, and all my money, a lot of my money goes to making sure she is good and my mama's good. You know, I redid her whole, cause my, I'm just trying to do everything she says she wanted as I was growing up, right? And um, I just want her to be, I will, now in my selfish ideal world, she just, I meet somebody that can heal people like out of Green Mile and they go to her and they take all the, the poison and the bad stuff and whatever else is in her out and she's got all her recognizances and she can dance and we dance. Like I wanna dance, I wanna dance with my grandma again. I don't think I'll ever be able to dance with her again, but only in spirit, right? And um, it is, I pray a lot. And I know that she lived a full life and she did everything, everything she was supposed to do to the best of her ability. She put a lot in me. She taught me how to love. She taught me how to take care of myself. She was mean sometimes and she was very affectionate. She was a grandma, she was a, a black grandma. grandma. A black grandma, she didn't play, very heavy handed. <laughs> um, and she, you talk mess and she gonna slap the shit out of you. <laughs> That's that, and I, I would do anything, I would do anything just to cuss in front of her and her slap the shit out of me, <laughs> right? Um, she's my heart. Uh, but I know like she'll be in way less pain. She'll be, and I, and I, can, her, I have her memories and I have everything that she taught me and I can share that with the world. And she will always, always, always be with me. But was I in my room crying yesterday? Yes. Was I in there cussing out doctors yesterday? Mm -hmm. Yes. Was I in there like when I <laughs> FaceTime you? When I FaceTime you, I was like, um, "Let's go have a drink and we'll talk tomorrow." <laughs> yeah, because yeah. she's my heart. And and there's this part of me like I've been flying back and forth to LA every weekend. I'm shooting in Atlanta, and I'm flying to her every weekend to love on her to give her as much healing energy to kiss on her to, to be able because the flesh is temporary you know and i just want her to know how much i love her and there's a part of me that yesterday that wanted to just leave and jump on the plane and just go to her but i said all i had to say to her you know and i'm and you've and I'm done being, everything you can i've done i've thrown all the money honey mm -hmm. i've done everything i can all the right foods the chefs the the healers the everything that i could possibly do and now I have to stop trying to, I'm not God, mm -hmm. and I have to stop, and I have to give it to God, and I, and, and I pray to God to like just, you know, on, to soothe my heart. When those days that, when they come, those days where I feel like, man, I want my granny here, I just pray that God puts in my heart comfort and, and just the good memories. And uh, also be satisfied in knowing like, you you became everything she wanted you to be. She saw everything. it and you returned the gratitude to her, you know? Like there's something to say about that. Yeah. That's my queen though. Mm -hmm. She's my queen. She's my everything. She she loved where, where my mother could not love me and do, she did, mm. you know? Um, I want her to live to be 250 billion years old. Um, but I know, like, that's, sometimes I feel like she's my soulmate. Mm -hmm. Right? That's my soulmate. That's my, she was my first best friend, mm -hmm. you know? Like, my mama, I love, that's the first person I ever loved. But my grandmama, that's mm -hmm. my, she rescued me. Mm -hmm. 
But nobody was trying to say, she rescued me. Uh, but she did what she needed to do here on this planet. And if there's more for her to do, God would do what he does to make sure that she does it. And if there's no more for her to do on this planet in the physical, I know she will be with me in the spiritual. And you return planet. the gratitude. All gratitude. All gratitude. Well, now you're crying. We don't have no damn Kleenex here. It's okay. I, I'll dry. I'll suck it up. <laughs> <laughs> That's that good snot, by the way. <laughs> okay, so let's lighten it up a little bit. Girls Trip 2. I know you all did the round uh, the round table at uh, Red Table Talk. Mm -hmm. Are we going to see it again? I mean, are we going to see it? I hope so. But now I they got to pay so. y'all so much more money. Because that was a huge... I mean, the numbers were stupid. They do need to... I mean, they definitely got, I mean, I'd be happy to get what they were getting, you know, just as long as we are working together. Yeah. Well, you've earned it now. I, well, I definitely earned it. I mean, you know, the, the little money they paid me to do the first one is. It was an investment, though. It look, was an look investment. At everything now. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, we're, we're here. We're, we're here. In paradise. Wait, yeah. so the second, are you going to do, are you going to do another book? Yes. Yes. So I have a children's book getting ready to come out in, I believe it's in May or April. I think it's May. Um, a children's book is coming, and then there'll be a young teen book coming out, uh, and then the adult book will be out. Adult book is in like a, sex or no? It's you know for grownups. Yeah, adult. No, I'm not. I'm not writing pornography. So what else? Do you, what else do you do now? I mean, do you want an Oscar? Not really. I mean, if I get one, that's great. Yeah. If I get one, that's cool. That's not what I'm striving for. If you for. get an Oscar, when you get an Oscar, Meryl Streep has to give it to you. And I'm gonna just be there with like that would be you know the your, best you know, you know thing how, in the world. You know how your dad or your family got the little camera out? Not that you need it, but I want to be holding the camera like yes, because she's like everything. And I love and Devil Wears Prada is my favorite movie. Right. And yeah, I feel like Devil Wears Prada just teaches you how to move in the business too. Just how I make to all move. my employees watch it. Be oh, that I love great. It. I love it. I love it. Well, I love you. We love you. We appreciate you. You I know, love I, you. I I always tell people. You're the friend that everybody should have, but I don't want nobody. I want to share you, you know, because you know we'll fuck somebody up for you, and, and I will fuck somebody up for you. Yeah, well, Maybe. you have privately, but yeah. But I appreciate you. I love you. <laughs> I love and you. Thank too. you for inviding me to Paradise. Here we yes. are, Four Seasons Hawaii. Yes, thank you, Four Seasons Hawaii. It's a different experience when you're with rich people. You know, I've been to Hawaii many times, but I'd be over on the other side. But now that I'm over here, I'm like, this is Hawaii. Oh shit, <laughs> I'm coming back to Hawaii. <laughs> All right, thank you. Thank you. I love you. I love you too. And I'm going to always make time for you. And I'm going to always make time for you. See how that works? <laughs> you make time for what you care about. Bye. All right, look, that was a great show. And make sure you keep coming back because we got all types of amazing interviews and topics that are going to make you go crazy. Uh-huh, that's right. That means like, subscribe, do everything you need to do to make sure you stay up to date with what we got going on. And ladies, stay tuned in because you know I have your back. And listen, make sure that you're commenting below because even though I say I don't read it on the show, that's all I do when it's over. Peace.